How did you how did you start your last podcast? Let me lock the door. The other one I just was like, hmm, so what am I doing? <laughs> and then I just rolled into it. What's the name of your podcast? Stay Queen in. So oh, that's what you're going with. Yeah. Cool. So I'm gonna turn it into a podcast as well as doing the um events as well. And all of that. Mm-hmm. So today. Yeah. I wanted to talk about like body image because uh-huh. I remember last time when I was uh-huh. here we have like um remember we got into a conversation and I was like wait hold on hold on this is be good for a podcast yeah and you was telling me about how um something about when you were younger you didn't like your body so you used to kind of like hide it yeah so I wanted to like talk about that and kind of like the psychology around it around hiding your body and yeah I mean, you know, this is, for me, I, I can get into it, but like, as I'm going to get into it, it's going to be very stream of consciousness. And it's also, there's also so many different layers. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody has one answer for yeah. the reason why they don't like their body or anything. Um, but for me, it was definitely a case of like, I just developed very quickly. Mm-hmm. So I was skinny for ages and like super skinny. Like I was that kid that was always kind of underweight, if that makes sense. But, um, because I had eating issues, I never used to really eat that much. And I was always a little bit taller than everyone else. So just when you're small, when you're you're a child and you're tall, you're skinny by default, right? Yeah. And then puberty hit and I got curvy. So my hips grew and my my breasts grew so fast, like so quick. And I remember like, uh, I remember the first time I hated my body, was when my mum bought me a bra and I was like oh, I was so anti when the bras came it's just it's like what is this like my mum bought me the um, you know like the vest yeah camisole top thing I was just like what is that it's not going on my body yeah so but imagine anti. everyone has that yeah. and I get like a proper like constructed bar from yeah. CNA back oh in the day gosh. it was like a CNA it was like a and it was weird because I was still small, so I was like a 30, maybe like even a 28 back. Yeah. But I had like a D cup. It was like I just Whoa. went straight, like quite big. It was So I had these like proper ugly bras, real, real young. And I remember like, now I'm in year seven, and I remember being in the changing room and everyone's got these little cutesy situations. I was like, this still? Yeah. Or like that, these little balcony, well not balconettes, but you know like the camisole like type yeah, yeah, yeah. things. And I've got this tan, but not tan for black people, tan. Like, <laughs> um, what's the word when they say like proper, like, inf- like ah, there's a word when you kind of like um, have like something that's really well made. Does that make sense? Like, mm-hmm. really, like, constructed really, really well mm-hmm. with bones and everything. And that, like, bra that probably cost my mum, like, £30. Pounds. Wow. Um, so I hated that because I just hated having breasts and I hated having an ugly bra and I hated that the boys only wanted to, like, talk to me because I had breasts. It was just, like... It was, like, I didn't want them at all. Um, yeah, yeah. And then... So and then I just became a little bit bigger um, just kind of, I suppose, to kind of fit into my body and um the add-on to that the next layer to that is that i was being sexually abused at that time mm-hmm. so i was at like by a family member so that or not a family member's a family friend yeah. who was kind of like a family member you know those people that are like in your yes. house all the time yeah. yeah um and that was just an, an extra layer to hating my body because now you've got some grown-ass pervert essentially who is sexually attracted to your body who what you that you don't like and you further don't like it because that's the reason why that person is there. Does yeah. that make sense? And harming you. And har- yeah, and harming you yeah. as a result of the fact that you have this body that you don't even want. Mm. So I've been through um, years of hating it, years of hating it. And I suppose like we can probably get into it a little bit more. But I think as I've got older, I've realised that the more weight... It's so interesting because today I did an assembly at school and I showed um, a picture when I was 18. Yeah. And like, I was like, which one's me? There's a pause, there's a pause, because they're trying to make it out, because all the girls in the picture are skinny, including me. Yeah. And I was like, eight, nine stone? Like, naturally, that was just who I was about 18. Um, and I've developed the weight as a way mm. to kind of hide myself, Yeah. if that makes sense. So there's so many like psychological layers to the fact 
as to the reasons why I had I had like body image issues, mm. and I'm still de- deconstructing them now. To be quite honest, yeah, <laughs> it's a lot, right? That was, that was an intense, like <laughs> it's like an intense and answer. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we have to get deep real quick, or where else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, how old was you when um, when the sexual abuse was happening? I was around, it started in year seven, so literally as soon as puberty hit and my body started changing, like straight away, more or less. Um, is year seven like 11 years old, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, to the time I was 16. Oh, wow. So, when that was happening, like, how did it stop and did you speak up about it? No. So, I think the reason why I can just say it out now so quickly mm-hmm. is because I've realised in my later life that... I have to speak about it mm. to kind of like to not feel shame about it anymore. Yeah. So I didn't start speaking about I didn't start speaking about it till properly in a public format like this year. Wow. That's that's the hundred percent truth. I'm talking like two three months ago. Wow. Like seriously. Um, yeah, because I noticed you sped through it quite quick. You was like, oh, yeah, I'm a sexually abused. Yeah, and yeah. Just and like, like oh. that thing happened. Um. So with that, like, I didn't speak to anyone. Why it stopped because. Um, the guy basically ended up in prison for something else. That's why he stopped. And that's really hard. It's quite scary. It's quite scary because it's kind of like the person didn't go to prison for the thing that they did to you. They went to prison for something else. Yeah. And that's the reason why. And in that four-year period, I just, like, safeguarded myself or put, like, got to a space where I didn't have to be around him. So I moved out of my mum's house and lots of little things to not be around that situation anymore. Mm. Um, And also... If anyone's got any sense, but if he he obviously like has something about him to know that he couldn't come back and do it again, because mm. after four years that you're not able to kind of emotionally abuse that person outside of the sexual and but physical abuse, they're emotionally keeping you in that space. Yeah, four years, you know that that person's not going to be in that space anymore. Yeah. So I never had to. I I don't think I ever worried about him trying to come back into my life afterwards yeah because you're like in a different space now. yeah i was in a different space but i also felt like he would know that yeah do you know what i mean it. yeah um and have you have you told anyone like have you told your family now right so so basically um i didn't say anything for years mm. um and i'm trying to think like there's so many different things that happened do you want me to come into one of it? Yeah. One of it? I'm happy. I'm happy to. I just yeah. feel like I have to tell you the whole story in yeah. in terms of like how I started speaking about it. So, um, so that happened until I was about sixteen. He then yeah. went to prison, and then at that point, um, I, my dad got in touch with me. Yeah. So my dad doesn't live in this country. He lives in New York. Oh, and he, yeah, he got in touch with me, and he was like, "I'd like you to. Oh, you're eighteen now." Mm-hmm your mum's not in control of how much we see each other. I'd like to get to know you as my daughter. Would you like to come to Jamaica to see my family? And I was like, yeah, that's not a problem. Like, obviously you're paying for it, so (laughs) cool. Let's do this. Yeah, let's go. So then I went to Jamaica and whilst I was there, um, I got really, really ill and ended up in a coma. Whoa. Crazy. Like, my life is a bit mad. Yeah. It's just a little bit mad. So they still don't know. So I had this thing called encephalitis, mm-hmm. which is a viral infection. Um, but they didn't like we don't know how you catch it. It's almost like you can breathe it in at any point. And I've traced back like when I think about what I was doing before I got on the plane and what I was doing the week before like I, I left um, to go to Jamaica. Like I was just thinking, what place did I go to that I could have picked up this viral infection? Did I pick it up on the plane? Did I pick it up in the swimming pool in Jamaica? Like, I don't know. Like, yeah, you just don't know. Crazy. You have no idea. And all, the, and all the people around me were fine. Whoa. And and the person that I went on the holiday with, my best friend, had been, like, you know your best friend when you're 18, you're there together every day. <laughs> so, like, I, I just don't know. Um, so, so I, I got into the coma. And then because of that situation, and I explored this in, in another interview that I did as well, um, when your brain is shutting down, like you have no control, like your brain goes through stages, so you're alert and then you're not so alert and then you're unresponsive and then like you're breathing and then you're in the coma but you're not dead. There's, like, your brain goes yeah. through like different. And so in one of those stages, I wasn't aware of what I was saying but I started confessing. Oh, 
So before that, I had said nothing to any, like, nobody. Like, shame is a very real thing. Like, when you, like... Like, I'm a person that not only do I hold... I did, did I hold secrets for other people, but I didn't... Like, I just couldn't speak about my own stuff. Like, there was just... People that I guess that, you know, when these things start coming out, like, we're doing this podcast now, and my friends from when I was 16 here, I genuinely believe that they will be so shocked mm-hmm. because you would never have known. Mm-hmm. Um... And I find it fascinating that I had to go to that space, that coma space, in order to say anything. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, That's yeah. the fascinating point. So I've gone into the coma, I've come out of the coma, and I've, my dad said to me, so, you confess some stuff, this is what you said. So I'm looking at him like, what the hell? Like, like in disbelief, but I also know there is no one else that could have told him that, because oh, I'm the only, yeah? Yeah. So it's, it's just all very strange. Um... And then I still didn't really speak, so he knew because he was there. My friend that came to Jamaica with me knew because she was there. Yeah. But then when I got back to England, I still didn't speak about it. Like, my, my good friend now, my best friend, I don't think I told her for a few years mm-hmm. after that. Um, and I know that because I was 19 when that happened. And I, I know it because of where I was living, if that makes sense. I can yeah. kind of remember things remember. based on that. And I remember I, was, I had my own flat by the time I told her, which was a good two, three years after. Yeah. And um, and that was another moment that I was, like, lacking in control. I had been to um, Fitness First in Birmingham, did my yoga class. And at the end of yoga, they always get you to lie down. Lie down in the dark. Yeah. yeah. And I had a panic attack of tears, just started crying. And I had no reason to cry. Mm-hmm. And I've got a... And um, the lady, the woman that was leading the session, she was like, when you lie down, um, when you're that controlled, when you're that relaxed, sometimes things just come up. Mm. I knew what she was talking about. I was, mm. I was like, what? Like, is it that deep in my city? Is it like, is it in my like fiber of who I am? Like, mm. is that why it's coming up like that? And um, that day, I was supposed to be meeting my friend to do some admin because I've always done these little random jobs. I used to like stage manage a comedy show. Okay. <laughs> and the lady that got us to stage manage had us doing some admin work from behind, like to do with her contacts, and we just had to sit for hours and type. And just basically manage her spreadsheets for her contact. It was a very interesting job. But whatever, I did that. And when I got to her house, we were just about to get into it. And I started crying. My friend was like, are you okay? She's never seen me cry in my life. Yeah. In her life. Um, because I just wasn't an emotional or emotive person. Yeah. And that's when I told her. So that was years after. And then since then, I told a few people. But I've only recently started speaking about it publicly. Like in the past two, three months. So it's, it's just so fascinating to me, like, um, how much I feel like I've grown since I've started speaking about it a little bit more, yeah. or become, like, more confident in the fact that it's it's no longer my story in the same way how it was before. Mm, you got a new perspective on it. Right. Yeah. So before it was, like, a secret and something that kind of held me down, and now mm. it's, like, it's my story, but also it, it can help people. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's sick. Wow. <laughs> well, I can relate to that because uh-huh. the same thing happened to me when I was younger. Okay. But it was like when I was really, really young. So mm-hmm. I, from what I remember, I think I was like five. Right. And it was like a next door neighbour. Mm-hmm. And um, you do feel like shame and you're scared to talk about it. Yeah. And then it's really weird because when we first met, remember yeah. I told you that mm-hmm. something had happened to me mm-hmm. last year and from that experience I realised that this has happened to me before mm-hmm. and yeah. then I started to realise, wow, like now I understand because I remember when it happened before it was a thing where my friends didn't get it, they were like oh but you like this guy mm-hmm. and I was like, yeah but I wasn't ready mm-hmm. And no one was making... No one cared. They were yeah. just like, I want to see what the big deal is. Like, yeah. And then you need to start... You think then, are these my friends? Are these Literally, my friends? Yeah. And then I start thinking, am I overreacting? Yeah. And then it's like, even the situation that happened last year, I'm still making excuses for him. Mm-hmm. Still making excuses for him. Mm-hmm. So it's like... It's, it's a shame factor, it's a sh- it? Yeah, it, yeah, it's completely... It's a shame. It's a shame factor. And also... I don't know why it's harder to kind of like blame ourselves than it is to blame other people for things that they do. Yeah. 
So we can hold the blame and the shame within ourselves and have it going round and round and making us crazy and upset and angry instead of just holding the person accountable. And outside of holding the person accountable, holding whoever you share that information with accountable for not responding in the way that they should. Yeah. By, you know, defriending them. Um, or just being like, actually, no, nah, like, this, is, cool. this right. isn't cool because yeah. I didn't want this. Regardless of how attracted you think I was to this person, what happened is not okay. Yeah. It's just very interesting the way how people respond. I think it's so, oh, that, like, when it happened to me last year, the reactions mm-hmm. were like... Telling. It was just mad. Mm. It was like, I literally felt like I was watching myself in all the scenarios when it happened i felt like i wasn't there mm. like i felt like disassociated I was, yeah I, I like even when i think back to it it feels like i'm watching it from standing over here yeah so that's really weird and then it's like telling my friends and their reactions it's like i watch myself listening to their reactions yeah and you know like i had one reaction where it was like well what is it because you can't just go around saying like there's the thing like, huh? <laughs> I had a conversation with this um, on my podcast about it. We, had, we called sex after trauma and just kind of like how you become physical with someone when you want to after yeah. having a traumatic experience and she broke it down in a way that I've never heard it before she said that you can um, when that happens to you your body goes into um, freeze flight or fight yeah. flight being what happened to you in yeah. the sense of like you you mentally leave your body to safeguard yourself yeah yeah um and the fact that you've done that again when you're having those conversations it's almost like your brain doesn't want to take in the responses in the way how it's because you know the responses aren't actually correct yeah and because emotionally you would have to deal with the disappointment of the response you're leaving the room mentally if that makes sense because it's a lot um but it's just and i think this is for me this is one of the most important things, and I literally just delivered an assembly today about it, is friendship mm. and kind of really being mindful about the people that you choose to hold hold space for and the people that you choose to hold space for you. Yeah. It's so important. So important. It, it's, it's like like my family, for the most part, haven't been there yeah. for me in that situation or even now I'm still by myself. Mm. And um. That's a story that I'm trying to work through. And when yeah. I say a story, like, I know that's been my life story and I'm trying to, like, get to a space. Untangle it. Untangle it and understand it and be in a healthier space with that story yeah. and maybe a little bit more detached. But what I do know is that the friends that I have and the people that um, I've chosen to be around me or God has placed around me, you know, whichever one, maybe both, yeah. um, have been integral to me becoming the person who I am. Mm. And... I tell you something, if I would have ever, like, it took me so long to speak about it, that if I would have ever spoken to my best friend and told her, and she would have reacted in a way that made me feel more shame, I couldn't, I couldn't, this couldn't be yeah. happening. Yeah. This conversation so, would never happen, because the one person that you want to react in a, in a, in a powerful way for you, basically shuts you down, because they're uncomfortable with the yeah. level of shame. Yeah. And it's like, it's not about you. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. yeah it was, it's weird, isn't it, how that happens? Yeah. When I was, like, when it was happening to me when I was a young, like, when I was younger, I only told my mum last year. Well. Yeah. I told my mum, and I couldn't, I couldn't call her and tell her. I couldn't tell her face to face. I had well. to send it on a WhatsApp. Yeah. And she was just like, what? Like. And I don't know what it was. I think it's because, like, at that time I was in a relationship where I felt really, really drained. Mm -hmm. Like, everything just felt like... I just felt like I was losing my head. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like maybe this will make me feel better if I get this off my chest. And I remember just telling her, but I was really scared. Mm -hmm. Really, really scared. Mm -hmm. And it's weird because it's like, we didn't do anything. It's not our fault. But yeah, still, no, yeah. It took me what twenty six years. Like. Yeah, for me, the shame around not talking about it. Um, it was like you say, we didn't do anything, but I feel like you know it happened in my house. So like my mum's incriminated when I say that. Mm. Like everyone that's around me, and and also like my friends are because even though they weren't in my house, like I went to school with them every day for five I years, and hey, did they not know? Like I feel yeah. like everyone's to blame for not clocking what happened to me. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't want to say that because then that's that's kind of mean. It's like they didn't know, but then I didn't want anyone to know, and I was like a master. So this is what gets to me a little bit when you, because 
my job at the moment is safeguarding. Mm. I do a lot of like protecting young people from harm and stuff. And in the back of my mind, I'm wondering, you know, you deal with the same four or five cases all the time. And I'm wondering who out there is me. Does that make sense? Yeah. Who out there is going through the... I know how to mask it. I was that kid who you would never... Like, I wasn't... I I didn't... I wasn't unkept. Like, I was clean. I was in school every day. I did all my homework. I got all my exams. You would never have known. Yeah. And And it scares me. It really does scare me. Um, but at the same time you can only do and then this is another thing when you when you kind of start like you don't want to get into a, a shame storm because of your own personal story so I know what I did as a young person and how I presented I know what the job that I do now and I'm very very aware that there's probably some young people that are going through something crazy that I have nothing to do that I don't know about but you don't know what you don't know and it's detaching from that because part of me wants to save everyone because I wasn't saved, yeah, and I wasn't saved. But then part of me is like, you can't save everyone. Mm-hmm. And then the, there's just this, this strange kind of like dichotomy that happens when you're growing as a person, as a spiritual person as well, because a lot of the the reason why I can sit here in front of you right now and have this conversation is because I spent so much time just being by myself, yeah, spiritually. And unpacking, and unpacking is so important because my biggest, my biggest... um hope is that I have a healthy relationship at some point in my life mm. and I know I can't until I unpack yeah do you know you what I mean mm-hmm. and so I'm going through that at the moment like yeah, really trying to be like raw with myself and being like Rochelle <laughs> do you know what I mean yeah. what was I going to say um yeah first of all I was going to say like it's mad because it's like being a child and having that happen to you it's like you can't even talk about it like mm-hmm. there's that there's so much shame but it's like i still felt that same shame last year yeah like even now it's like i i i'm very choosy about who i tell that mm-hmm. story to mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it's a it's a very difficult thing but i feel like people need to speak up more if something does happen to them yeah but it's easy to say that because I still haven't spoken up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a book that, anything that Brene Brown, I don't know if we've already had a conversation about Brene Brown, but I will send you some stuff. Yeah. That um, I've just finished reading her book about um, called The Gifts of Imperfection and it's about shame and vulnerability. But she is a person who studies shame and what shame does to people and it's so fascinating. So I would 100% say, you know, if you're not at a space where you feel like you can sit down with a therapist... Mm. Because therapy for me, you know, like as therapy is life. Yeah, therapy is life. But one thing, if you've got a good therapist, it doesn't matter how. I obviously think I'm a smart person. We all think we're quite smart, right? Yeah. And there's times, and I've sat with myself and I've unpacked my stuff and I've thought literally backwards, like upwards, sideways through my story. And then you sit in front of a qualified professional and they say one thing and you just start bawling. Yeah. I that, love it. You're like, I was what? like, I thought I had my yeah. together. He's like, how dare you? Yeah. And then you're like, yeah, exactly. So that for me is, is so important. Like getting, I want to say going to therapy, but getting a good therapist because what people do, and I know this because I work with people that I refer to therapies that they go and they're like, nah, I hated it. I'm not going back. Mm. It's fine. Your therapist will be fine with you saying, actually, I don't think we click. Yeah. Can I have someone else? It's a relationship you're building. 100%. And you need to be able to go find someone else and find a style of therapy that works for you. Yeah. So if it's not, um, for me, I know CBT or cognitive behaviour therapy isn't beneficial because um, it's all about kind of developing strategies to get out of negative behaviours or barriers yeah. for yourself. Well, for me, I just need to talk. Like, I need to talk you all out. I need yeah. you to help me identify some stuff. I need to process it. I need some homework. And then we're good. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But know how you know how you learn. But therapy is majorly important. I don't think you can go through it by yourself. I don't no, think you, you can. I don't think you can unprocess that level of trauma by yourself. Yeah, no, no chance. I don't think it's safe to do it by yourself. I, I just feel like you you don't even where do you even know where to start? Mm-hmm. Because there's so many different avenues that you have to go down. Yeah. It's funny because as I was just talking just then, I was just like, oh, I keep referring to. It as what happened last year, I yeah. still can't even say it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which shows that there's still yeah. a lot of work to be done. Yeah. But when it happened, it was like I was in therapy. Right. I had a therapy session the next day. 
All right. And I waited right until the end as I was probably about to walk out. And I said, oh, something happened yesterday. Can I just tell you about it? And as soon as I told my therapist, she was just like, that's rape. Mm. And I was just like, uh, mm. but how because uh, I don't know do you feel like you knew that it was yeah like I know like, yeah. I know in my heart that that is what it is yeah. but it's very very difficult to place that against someone that you liked mm-hmm. um, and especially when it's like I felt like I because I've been speaking to him for so long and well, not so long but I've been speaking, speaking to him and it's like you generally feel like they're just a cool person yeah the, so then yeah. To put that brush against their name, it doesn't add yeah. up. So it's just like, you're making excuses. Like, yeah. even the other day, I was just like, oh, you know, like, I think he just, you know, he just caught up in the moment. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. still making excuses. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's... Yeah, and, and it's, what's good is that you're, you're aware of that. Yeah. And you know that you can kind of give yourself time to work through it. To okay. work out, like you know, you, I don't know where he is in your mind right now, but, mm-hmm. like, to put him in a space that he deserves to be in, it's not, it's not a good space. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's hard, like, like, if you have that person in that space and then they're, like, they, they disrespect you in that way. Yeah. So it's just, like... And when you try to explain to people what happened, they're, like, what you like, yeah, mm-hmm. so... No. So people do the classic, oh, are you, are you just upset because it happened? Yeah. just, like... But not, oh, it's not like, are you just upset because it happened? It's like, are you just saying this because you don't want to add another body to your, your body count? Which is a complete, that's, a that's crazy. What, that's what some one or two people were trying to, like, say. They're just like, no. but you like to I really hope that you don't have, you don't cast them as friends. And I'm saying yeah, that just honestly. I really hope you don't. Yeah. I do remember, like, I can't say that I've ever been in that type, you know what? I shouldn't even open my mouth because if I was, there's certain things that I've just blocked out of my memory. But what I do remember is, um, I had a friend who was talking to a guy and she, um, I want to say he went to Lincoln, but I know what that means. And I don't think that was, maybe I'm naive, but she was in his house and he made her, um, give him head. Mm. And, um, she did it and she told me and she was like very distressed about it. Yeah. And I was like, you do know that was like, you were assaulted sexually. Yeah. And she was just like, nah, I mean, I did go to his house and I did do this and I did do that. And I'm just like... It was almost like I was like, no, this is what he was. Da, 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 da. And you didn't give consent. So you didn't give consent, forced. and you are distressed right now. You're distressed. Yeah. You 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 you're like in a emote. You like, you're not able to kind of like think straight because you know you've been through this very traumatic situation. And and outside of that, he was verbally aggressive as well. Okay. So it was a horrible situation. But she yeah. was just like, you know what. You, you, um, you live and you learn type thing and she just kept him moving and I would never forget that I wouldn't I wouldn't bring it up to her again but I would never forget the way how she brushed it off like it was almost her fault yeah the fact that she's like oh well, I went to his house like and there I were the so many thing. girls yeah the same thing oh well you know you just can't stay there yeah. past a certain time you've got to know your boundaries Mm-mm. I'm like I should be able to roll up there whenever I want. Yeah. Say no. Yeah. And it's still and still walk out. So when Amber Rose says this. things like when people don't I like Amber Rose, when people say things when she says things like, If I'm naked and I'm in your bed and we're about to have sex and then I change my mind, you can't do it. That's it. Yeah, it's because done. if you do, that is right. Yeah, exactly. So consent is something that I think that, you know, boys need to be taught a little bit more. Yeah, like so they need more. to be taught in a sense of but um I think that one of the things I've learned is um especially when you're when you're having boundaries with people like that and situations like that is knowing that the boundaries that you put in to safeguard mm-hmm. yourself you're just basically preparing yourself for something better yeah does that make sense like, 100%. like i don't i don't i don't like say kind of like no or shut down trash behavior because like well no how can i phrase that in a better way Every time I shut down trash behaviour, it's because I know I'm waiting for something better. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Instead of me kind of being like, oh, well, you know, maybe this and all, you know, maybe that. I feel like it's because when you think like that, when you, when you know that something better is going to come along. It has to. It's just easier. Like, you just be like, okay, you're acting up, I'm going to leave you. Yeah, yeah. Because someone else is going to act up, so yeah. And I found like now I'm in this space where I realised this the other day. When I was with my ex-boyfriend and he cheated. Mm mentally i was in girlfriend mode and i couldn't get out of it uh-huh. uh-huh. so 
it's yeah. mad. Like yeah, literally yeah. yesterday, I was sitting there thinking, I was like, bro, you was probably in girlfriend mode for a long time. Even after, even after he cheated, yeah. I'm still like, and like, I'm, I'm like, how can you cheat? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm proper girlfriend out here, and I'm here trying to now prove that you're a girlfriend. That I'm girlfriend. Oh, that proving. Oh, the proving. Is, that is like, is that like, like, yeah, like it's mad. Like, here's my CV. <laughs> like here's can my CV. Plus I do this and I do this yeah, yeah, and I can do this. Yeah, it's so like, like no, cut that off. Because if they don't want to see, it, they will not see it. Literally, it. even when he cheated, like that all happened, and then I'm still like, I, I can't function because I know I shouldn't be with him, but I'm in girlfriend mode. So mm-hmm. if I'm single, it's like almost the end of the world right now. So I didn't know what to do, mm-hmm. and I realized that girlfriend do, mode. Do you think you were in girlfriend mo- mode or wife mode? Wife mode. Because I think girlfriend mode, you can check yeah. out. Yeah, I was in mode. wife mode. Yeah, You're yeah, there yeah. For the wife term. mode is like, yeah, like I'm thinking, hold on, but or like, wifey mode. I don't know. Like, no, nah, I was levels. full wife mode. Exactly. Like, I'm like cooking your dinners and yeah, stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm full wife mode. Putting it into little Tupperware boxes. Yeah, I'm <laughs> doing all of that. Like, oh, do you want lunch for this? Like, nah. doing doing the most. And I do, and I feel like because I'm that person. I am that yeah. person who jumps into wife mode. It's too intense. Like I've come to the understanding that it's too much. But I do feel oh, like it's too intense. The, I do feel like there are some women out there that find a very good balance between until you prove to me that you want me to be That's there, it. I'm gonna do the minimum. I'm trying to be your friend. Yeah, yeah. Even though you think I'm girlfriend, yeah, I'm gonna yeah. be treating you like a friend. Yeah. Wife mode is. I don't know. Maybe there's, after the ring after ten years. Exactly. <laughs> like it's like they just like anyone. That you know, once wife mode, they will have to. They have to prove that they're husband material. And that's Twitter, it. I remember. Was it even a Twitter thing? I think this was BBM days when I was just trying to get. I was trying that my mind was developing. Yeah. And I was just like, people are out here chatting about wifey material, but I never hear people talking about husband material. Never. Ooh. This is. I used but to like, say this. this. I used to say this all the time. I can cook and I can clean. Mm-hmm. Can you even do DIY? Yeah. Can you? Yeah. Because a lot of guys I've, I've asked that question to, they're like, I can pay for someone to do it. That ain't going to teach my son, is it? Yeah, like, exactly. Can you teach my son how to be a man? Can you teach my son how to change a plug socket? Mm-hmm. Do you even know how to do that? Can my you... nan knows how to do that. Right. Can exactly. You? <laughs> I, and I think that, like, it gets to a point, when you start to realise that about yourself as a woman, and we are, start, we are multifaceted, men know that. Mm. Men actually know that we don't need them. There's a, there's, a, there's, there's, I don't know, this is probably a conversation that needs, like, uh, someone who's more qualified to talk about it, but I feel like there's a fine... There's a fine line between emasculating men and making them feel worthy. Because yeah. truthfully, in the way how society is set up and the way how um, women of colour have been raised is to not necessarily need men for anything mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. And men know that from when because when if you're like a boy and you've got a, like a hat, you've got loads of sisters, you you're aware of that conversation that yeah. they don't need you. Don't, and then men feel like the only thing that they can offer you is finance and sex. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of women are like, "That's all you can offer me." <laughs> so it's like they start acting up because it's like it's just a very it's weird, like an intimidation. It's thing. all very strange. It's just kind of like can we? And this is what this is another reason why I suppose me and that person kind of came to an end because it's like, you know, we're operating from two different spaces of um of what we deem like love or the precursor of love to be mm-hmm. mine is and because I, I have to see i'm aware of that like um dynamic but i have to see what i want in my future as more of a spiritual thing yeah that are kind of like you know we're just i'm just shacking up with this other human yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it has to be a great yeah purpose, right? it's got to be but yeah, yeah. And so when you're like when you're checking into being around someone for a greater purpose you have to check in to surrender to whatever that might be. You've got to be completely vulnerable and completely surrender to the fact that you and this person are have been brought together by a higher power for a higher purpose. Mm-hmm. And if you're working and if you're not operating on that level, then you're gonna see that man as someone who can only offer you sex or finances. He's gonna see you as someone who can only probably, you know, sex, clean, cook, have his children when he wants them mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you're not then fulfilling each other on a spiritual level. Yeah. It's all very much about what can you give me and what can I, instead it's of like what give, can give, we give. do together for humanity. Mm. Does that make sense? Because yeah. I do feel like when you're with the right person, you're going to be not, not necessarily out here changing the world, like Obama's, the Obama's. Yeah. But, you, but, you're, but you're purpose. You're going to be serving from a higher purpose. 100%. And it's yeah. going to affect so people. I, thought, I literally was thinking this, like, I think it was this morning. I was just like, 
I was thinking, I'm like, by myself, I'm a force. Like, yeah. With can you else? imagine if I had someone of my calibre right. behind me? Like, Who understands that he's not coming to be with you as some type and some ego stuff. It's the kind of like, I'm surrendering to being with this woman of God because I know that together we're like a greater force. Yeah. It's, there's no ego involved. It's pure surrender. Yeah. And I just feel like I can't like date someone who doesn't understand that where are they <laughs> where are they you need to go to church is it like just j cole like oh my god I yeah j cole will get it <laughs> yeah but he's married now i know so. and he's got children he's been so he's been it. demoted to uncle yeah j. Cole now. and listening to my mom business yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's hard and I, I know another thing i will say is that um i would like to i mean there's a difference between i don't even know if this is sorry side say. note yeah but j cole was like on shit like when you listen to his old music i'm yeah. like you're actually trash right like he know. was actually a bit trashy okay all right i'll take your point i haven't listened to the old old stuff yeah i'm like oh j cole like you're, you're talking like a normal guy right but now you he's can grown. see he's the growth it's quite to, beautiful so though. before we started recording we were speaking about women that have just held their men's because he's been with his girls for his wife from when they were in school right is he yeah they just hold their men down through these trash phases and then they get... Like, I, I thought I was that girl. Like, mm-hmm. when I was younger, I was like, I want to be with a guy. And, like, we're both together. And we both come up together. Mm-hmm. Da, 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 ride or die. Like, I wanted to be, like, you know, Kendrick Lamar's girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I wanted to be that. Yeah. Now. Anything. No, you've not got time. I ain't got time for that that emotional stress. And I think as well, like, I it's think wrong. for me, like, I'm, I'm, I, because I've only been talking about what happened to me for a few months... And because I'm really starting to like understand what the young people will say, I'm starting to deep how much it's affecting me. Like I'm really sorry. <laughs> Don't ever say the young people. Like, say the young people say deep. I remember someone first said that I was like, hold on, what? Like pause. What do you mean? And so when you deep something, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like you really understand it. I was like, like, deep oh. it, like. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, okay, I understand. Um, I'm starting to really, really work, like really, really, really understand how much. I have focused on, like, being with a man and developing him. Oh, yeah, I'm always Captain Saver. Yeah, yeah, Captain yeah. Saver. And also, like, if I was to put that into myself, like, where would I be? Like, if I was to, oh, if I was to put that into myself, and then you imagine, like, really pouring into yourself, like, and, yes. and the thing is, like, you're amazing. I think I'm fabulous, <laughs> but we haven't even poured into ourselves we, we ain't even in fourth gear. We're yeah. not even in second this gear. Is what I'm saying. This is Can still first gear. Can you imagine? Because we're so gassed. We're so gassed, but it's true. <laughs> it's we true, have to though. be gassed. We have to be. It's true. Because it's just like, if we were to really pour in, you're just only, it you're, you're going to vibrate that and you're going to attract someone who's going to know. It's going to mm-hmm. be a case of, I'm going to marry her in about two months and this is what we're doing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because that person is going to know that this is what they need to do. Yeah. Or you're going to know that too. it's going to be like a mutual decision. But it's not going to be no playing around. And that's because yeah. you've taken the time. And if I'm completely honest with myself, I'm not there yet. I'm nowhere near. L- literally this year. So when I've like... my recent relationship mm. that I just finished, that's the same relationship that I had the cheating and everything. Right, yeah. yeah. I just woke up, I was just like, yeah, no, I can't. Like, yeah. It's just not working. It's a beautiful and thing, though, yeah. to know, to have the realisation. Yeah, to have that realisation and to generally feel okay mm-hmm. afterwards. Mm. But um, that's the moment I realised I'm no longer in wife mode. Right. But it took, like, four years. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was with him for, like, four years. So, three years, it took me to get wife mode. Mm. Because I got into another relationship mm. and I was full housewife, wife yeah. mode. And I was just like, oh my God, this time next year I'm going to be married and I'm happy yeah. having a kid. But like, I fully you, tapped out. I are you it. not grateful that that didn't happen? Oh my... You girl. have to think about... <laughs> if that think... happened, we would not be here right no. now. I don't even think I would be, be here right you now. You could be being a wife to someone who probably doesn't value you. Oh my God, it would have been awful. Yeah. Like, I would have lost my mind. And so there's, a, there's another conversation about how many women value marriage over themselves. Yeah. Like, I, I was in a space like that where I generally, I couldn't be single. Like, I yeah. couldn't. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, tr- I kept asking my friends, how can I be single? Like, can you talk to me? I might be single, but I'm talking to someone. Yeah, yeah, someone yeah. else is there. Like, I'm like someone yeah. has my attention. And I couldn't tap out. Like, I couldn't. Mm-hmm. And literally, right now, 
Like, obviously, I'm not going to lie, there's a couple of beanies there if I want to. <laughs> I haven't heard that word for ages. Oh, my God. Obviously, hopefully none of them are listening. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> but it's one of those ones, just like, now I'm at a space where it's like, if someone's like, oh, do you want to go out? I can generally sit there and be like, do I want to? Mm, mm. Nah, I've got work to do. Yeah. But before it would be like, why haven't mm. they asked me out? Like, mm-hmm. You know, when you're expecting mm-hmm. and you want things to like, why yeah, is it not you moving? Yeah, because you've created this whole story. In my head, I've met someone, I'm like, oh my God, okay, cool. You're, you like this? Oh my God, we're going to get married. Mm. You like J. Cole? Oh, we're perfect. <laughs> yeah, like that. So, so it's just like, it was so amazing. Like I woke up and I was just like, I just, I'm ready to be alone. Yeah. And I'm, I'm still in that mode now, even though that there's like one or two people that like I'm having conversations with and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh yeah, you're cool. Or I might like, I might know someone I'm like, oh, they would be a nice person to be with. But mm-hmm. I generally am just in that space where it's like, I don't want that. Yeah. I, want, such I nice think I space. want myself more than anything else. I literally, I just can't get over myself right yeah. now. And I'm, it's so nice, there. like, I love it. And how old are you again? You're 26. Right, so I'm like, I'm there, like, just getting up 31, and I just, yeah. I haven't given myself a time. I am a person who likes, I'm very, very busy, and I'm very active, and I like to give myself time frames. Mm-hmm. And I might feel of how maybe that not might not be the best thing, but I just have an image of me being 35 and just feeling amazing. Yeah. I just feel like it's taken me, I've been in a, such a shitty space for 31 years when it comes to like codependency essentially that's that's it's exactly the whole, what like, I, had. I want to learn how to just not be um you just want to be dependent I, and, and, and the matter thing is that let me just be completely clear i'm not i've not been that girl that's always had a boyfriend i've always yeah. had gaps where i've not been like i was like abstinent for five years like mm. i just didn't do the whole sex thing i was like nope not doing it don't understand it and then you end you you end up with someone again, and it's the same shit. So you're like, hold on, there's another lesson that I need to learn here, mm. um, and that lesson is codependency. It's not about not having sex. It's about it's about not being codependent with someone. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm very good at just like being abstinent because yeah. like the whole world is a bit mad for me. It's like, just too. It's just. It's too I amazing. literally, you know what? I watched a <laughs> I watched a church service the other day. Yeah. There about sex. Oh my god! I was just like, wow, this. Yeah. This world. has put me off of it, like completely. Yeah. It's funny because I'm doing a podcast with someone else, one of my friends, and she's been celibate for like, she started at 19 and she's 32 now. Wow. Yeah. So. That's a long time. It's a long time. So I'm excited to talk really, to her. Really but is. literally, when I watched that one church service, I was just like, nah, like this, like this energy. Like, the energy thing is real. This is very real it's right very, now. Very like, real. All this soul type, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tired energy, all of that I believe in. Um I don't know, like for me personally, and, and this is something I'm gonna unpack for the first time like outside of my head, but like I was absent for five years up until um, around November mm-hmm. last year just gone. Yeah. And um I needed to do that because I had like even though I wasn't overtly sexually active, I just didn't know how to do it because all of my sexual experiences had been so negative. Trauma, isn't yeah, it? yeah. All, all of them were surrounded by trauma. <clears throat> so when I started having consensual sex, um, it was still bad because it kind of wasn't triggers. really because yeah, the triggers I would I used to like cry, all kind of things would happen, right? So it just became too much, and so I be- I I believe that I had to kind of like have this recent experience to teach me that it could be healthy yeah because i i didn't know what a healthy situation looked like mm. and it was healthy it wasn't it, uh, there were there were issues with it mm. but it wasn't it wasn't it was consensual it yeah. wasn't um um it wasn't negative it wasn't mm. whatever but i'm now very now i've locked that situation off i am very much so aware not of the soul ties but of the the clearing that i need to do if that yeah. makes sense energetically for myself yeah um and i have no intention of sleeping with anyone else like i just don't like for however long it takes like i'm just there's just no you're one good else. you're just good, good. <laughs> i'm good i had an experience it's happened it's gone cool yeah i'm not gonna say i'm abstinent again but like if it ends up being that that's what, it is. that's what it is but i'm very very clear like the whole energy thing is very very real very and just real. going back to the whole um kind of entitlement of men i have realized in my in my sexual history that a lot of men um sex to them is almost like 
an external masturbation tool, if that makes sense. Mm. Like, they're not having sex with you. They're basically just coming. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're using you're you just the tool. as a vehicle to come. Yeah. And so, therefore, it's not... We're not having sex. Like, you're just using me to come. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not like what sex should actually be. Nah. And also, they don't know that. Yeah. Which blows my mind. Yeah. It's kind of like, hold on, let's... I don't want to get really explicit, but there's times when I'm like, yo, like, you want to back up? There's a little bit more that needs to happen before this happens. There needs to be a little bit more, like, a little bit, and and it's almost like the bafflement, or the, it's just a bit weird. It's like, I don't want to explain this to you, but then I'm thinking, nah, like, it's happened so many times that you just, you can't have been taught. Yeah, you can't have been taught. Like, you've been taught to get the vagina, and it's going to make you come, and make you go to sleep. And, and then that's it. It's a new day, and we tomorrow. start again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I don't have to be part of that. Yeah, like so, put some respect on it, please. Put like. some respect on it, or you know, what I'm, do you know what I mean? And this is why you have women out here faking orgasms. Have a conversation, but <clears throat> have a conversation with the man. I say have a conversation, but find someone that you can have a healthy, uh, emotional, emotionally, emotional. And spiritual sexual relation with mm. relationship with and I, I didn't say I that, like that that's quite I feel like that's quite rare that's basically your husband is what I'm yeah, saying yeah <laughs> it should be it's basically oh, your I don't know how any human because I think our, the base of who we are is connection yeah like we all want to connect even men mm. and they all they do because if a man felt like they could be that vulnerable and surrender to someone and connect with them they wouldn't go anywhere mm-hmm. they wouldn't yeah. but they they're so the um, detached, like, detached and kind of desensitized yeah. to that level of connection with anyone yeah. emotionally that you know it doesn't it's hard to happen and once again you know Rochelle two years ago would have been like well, I'm gonna make that man do that thing I'm gonna make him fall in love yeah and, and now... I'm gonna teach him how to meditate <laughs> yeah. no and now I I'm ain't just got like, time there's money to be time. made yeah exactly. like, see you later literally yeah no it's mad yeah a lot of things that you say i'm like well i can relate to that i remember when i used to like i remember one time i remember warning this guy being like i might cry mm. and it's like now when i heard you say what that, was his reaction when you said that he was like it's okay and i did cry <laughs> did you believe him and was he okay with it yeah i cried? actually believed him and right. when i did start crying he just stopped and was just like cuddling me okay that's nice so he was that was a good reaction yeah he was like a lovely could, yeah. reaction mm-hmm. and that made me feel like okay yeah like we're good like and also you no, now you said that to me yeah. like in my mind i'm like wow like it's not only me that cries that sometimes no, and then no, i'm thinking no. to myself well how many men are out here having sex with girls that cry and how does that make them feel yeah because knowing that it's not you and it's their past stuff yeah it's like check your brothers get them together yeah, have like a conversation because that this isn't cool podcast it's a tall guy that's had sex with a girl that cries yeah. i should just, just, just talk just, to the guy that i cried yeah oh, i think i've cried a couple of times to be fair yeah because i don't know like as a man if that's something that you've seen more than once you've got to be able to, you've got to sit there you and be like what are we doing that what yeah. are we? Why? What are men doing to women that are making them cry in this way, or making? Because it's all like it's all trauma, isn't it? That's yeah. just leaving your body, and you can't decide when it leaves, and it leaves at that space because of subconscious memory and whatever. Yeah. So it's like get your men together, or teach your little teach your sons differently. Yeah. No, it's so true. It's true. Oh, it's heavy. It's heavy, isn't it? <laughs> Shit. It's super heavy. Gosh. My shoulders feel like. Yeah. I don't know whether it's a swimming or. <laughs> oh my god! But okay, let's let's go back to the original. Okay. So, I know in well, this is literally, yeah. Oh wait, hold on. Yeah, last month I would say is the time when I released this mm-hmm. thing that I was holding on to, but I realized that. Growing up, I was really, really tomboyish, mm-hmm. like really tomboyish. Gosh, if I showed you some pictures, mm-hmm. like so tomboyish. And I realized that now that was me trying to cover myself. Mm-hmm. Like I never liked getting attention. I never liked people looking at me, mm-hmm. but naturally I would get that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm sitting with it and realizing now, like I used to, make myself look less than what I was. Less attractive. Yeah, like yeah. covering my body. Like Obviously, I'm always covered. Like, I always try to cover my bum because, mm. obviously, I wasn't blessed with the body. 
So that's you try and cover it for that reason. Yeah. So tr- I would cover it so that you couldn't, so you could see. No, so you couldn't see that I didn't have bum, wow. and I would also cover just the rest of my body. Like you never really see me like with like a low cut top. Mm. You never really see that because mm. I generally I don't want the attention. Mm. But in the last like month, I would say I've kind of freed myself a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Like I feel like now I'm like you know what, I'm sexy. I'm here. I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. now I'm just like, cool, whatever. Like, I'm here for it. But at the same time, there is, like, there's levels, like, to this. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm still nervous. Like, I, I don't think... I'm a jumpsuit kind of girl. Right. I don't think you'll ever see me... Well, right now you wouldn't. Like, in, like, a... You know, like, a fitted um, body dress. Yeah, really. Ooh, girl. With the, with the shoulders out and the legs. Nah, that's too mad. Like, it's too much. <laughs> yeah. Like, that is way too much in heels as well because I just you know like when the guy grabbed your bum mm. that's all I think I just feel like He's, everyone's gonna feel entitled to be able to touch me yeah, 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 yeah. I would say I used to hide it because I was just I was just scared of being violated that's the yeah. honest to god truth that's, that's exactly that's why that's I was a tomboy yeah because it's easier mm. you're not only the tomboy you have more male friends yeah. that will back you when i'm in a rave and someone's trying to dance with me i've got boys being like do you want me to do with him like type yeah. thing because i've kind of created <laughs> this army of men that yeah. are protecting me i was literally from <clears throat> what from like 13 to probably like 19 mm-hmm Bear man. Yeah, That's yeah. always to roll with guys every yeah. day. Every it's weird. Day. The same people that you're afraid of is the people that you have around you. Yeah. To safeguard you in a yeah, weird it's way. Weird. It's really weird. <laughs> We're such it? strange people, like, or just so strange weird. beings. But yeah, I had a lot of guys around me and they would um, protect me in that mm. way. Or not necessarily protect me, they just didn't see me in a sexual way. Yeah, they and didn't I loved look at me it like that. Because it's like I had all of these female friends and they would like all of them. Each of my male friends liked one of my female friends. I just was ignored. Yeah. And I was very happy with my I loved position. it. I was like, yes, ignore me. I'm not even here. Yeah, let me borrow your tracksuit. Let me, let me yeah. ride your bike. That's yeah. it. It's the best place ever. And I still have those friends now. We still have mm-hmm. those types of conversations. But for me, it was a place of safety. And the hardest thing for me as an adult is trying to navigate out of that space, mm-hmm. be sexy, but not be violated. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I've noticed that now I feel like I've got myself to a point where I'm not 100% there, mm-hmm. not 100% there, but I'm now able to dress a little bit more how I want to because I now feel like I can handle if someone does yeah. try to step yeah. like that yeah yeah yeah. yeah. but I'm not 100% there yeah. yet because I still know that when I make tell me listen when you see me in that bodycon dress right. just know that I'm ready like okay. yeah I'll be like cool <laughs> try step to me but um yeah okay thank you Ashley that was an intense conversation it was a super intense yeah <laughs> really really intense that was really intense um but like I'm grateful for the conversation and also like if it lands with anyone and it like helps yeah. anyone or anyone wants to like ask me further questions just like exactly at me yeah <laughs> let Sorry, me know I'll put all the there. yeah thank you thank you we need to leave before we get locked in the building yeah. <laughs> I'm on a call what's going on cool